the gladiator mentality and people look at us like, okay, really? Right, yeah, really. All right, let's do this Diamond Envy podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. Diamond Envy is always brought to you by Cavens Group, CavensGroup.com. Who's ready to win another Big 12 championship? Anyone, everyone, don't take it for granted. Especially when you can win this one in uh, front of your home fans, which I think is really cool, right? I didn't think that that was going to be the case uh, before the season, after non-conference play, heck, even like three weeks ago. I thought it was going to come down to uh, Bedlam next weekend and you'd have to win it in Stillwater. I thought Bedlam was going to decide this thing, which, hey, winning it in Stillwater would be pretty sweet. Gotta say, winning it in front of their fans never gets old even when they uh, don't give you the trophy when you clinch on their home field. There was some drama with that, uh, I think, two years ago when OU clinched at Oklahoma State. Something about they wouldn't give them the trophy on the field, something like that, but whatever. Uh, It's going to be a fun weekend, chance to win a Big 12 title, and it's senior weekend in Norman. We get to honor four incredible players, and I'm sure that there's probably going to be some emotion with that this weekend. I I do want to talk about each of the four seniors, though. Um, First is Grace Green. Let's start with Grace. You know, you you really have to give it up to Grace for several things, but I love that she stuck around the program. Think about her first year back in 2019, right? Grace started 61 games. 61 games. OU softball, they're this juggernaut. She comes in from California. She starts uh, 61 games, hits 17 home runs, She's the next big thing on campus. What a first year. And then the next year, she starts 24 games. And then the next year, she starts 11 games. And then last year, she just started five games. That's not to say that Grace La- or excuse me, Grace Green hasn't had a great career. She has. But in the transfer portal era, Grace Green, not just this last offseason, but the offseason before, she could have found every excuse to leave and go play somewhere else. She could have, and no one would have blamed her. And guess what? She would have gone off somewhere and thrown up some really good numbers. But she stuck it out here. She stuck it out with this team, with her teammates. And she's won a couple of more national championships because of it. And I'm rooting for this team to win a national championship. But as players like Grace Green, especially now in the portal era, you're rooting for her for her to end her career on a high note. Because her role hasn't been an easy one. Coming off the bench, pinch hitting when asked, coming off cold. It's one thing to buy into that. But it's another thing to be a big-time player when your number is called. Big props to Grace Green. She was playing essentially every single day in her career. That's not how her career is going to end, but she still stuck it out. And I think that that is probably says a lot about this program, too, that she would want to stick it out and hang around here. Props to you, Grace Green. Really, really rooting for you. And uh, I hope you get the ovation that uh, you deserve on, uh, on Sunday and this weekend, uh, all this weekend. Uh, Second player, Haley Lee. What a portal get that's been. Wow. Uh, We were excited when we heard about Haley from A&M, but I think she surpassed any and all expectations for her coming into the year. And honestly, if there was a team home run derby, I'd have a hard time not taking Haley Lee. Probably you as well. And I've said a few times this season that Jocelyn Erickson has a beautiful natural swing from the left side, and everyone likes to, to brag about that one. But Haley's swing from the right side is beautifully violent. That's what I've called it. Beautifully violent. 
It's not the smooth left-handed swing that Erickson has. It's way more violent, but it's still it's still a beautiful swing when Haley Lee connects on a pitch out to left field. I love it when she turns on a fastball and just absolutely crushes it. Some of you may love art, but that is my art. My Louvre is uh, countless images of Haley Lee squaring a pitch up at the plate. She's got a passion and an energy that's easy to root for, and you know, her time in Norman won't last long, but I think her impact has been felt. Her impact, her impact has been felt in a big way, and I think she's one that will be, will, uh, be remembered uh, after she's gone, and I think that's pretty cool. Alex Storacco, another portal, uh, incredible portal gets, and I think another player, just like Haley Lee, that's going to be remembered for a long time after she leaves. I mean, really, the numbers speak for themselves. Sub-1 ERA, all the strikeouts, all the shutouts, all the big game performances she's had so far, and will continue to have, by the way. You know, we knew what we were getting with Alex Storacco when that announcement was made. But again, like Haley Lee, I think she surpassed all the expectations. Like, we knew she was good when she got here, but there was still a question like, how good are we talking about? Like, are we talking about good, very good, elite? Like, what what, what are we thinking here? Where, where exactly is she going to fit in this rotation? And I think once that she shut out UCLA earlier this year, I think that's the moment when we realized, okay, like, we don't have just a good pitcher here. We have an All-American. <laughs> and that's been the case all year long. She's just been consistently dominant, which is not easy to do. Not easy to do with this schedule. Is she the best pitcher in, in softball this year? I mean, yeah, maybe. Again, the, the numbers present a pretty compelling case. And her biggest and best moments, I think, are probably still yet to come. Like, you watch. Rocco will rise to the occasion just like she has all year long. I don't worry about her whatsoever once this team gets to Oklahoma City and they're battling for a spot in the championship series once again. I'm not concerned about... Alex Storacco one bit. In fact, I got a lot of confidence in Alex Storacco when she's going to be put in those situations. And then uh, last but certainly not least, the fan favorite, the captain. What a career it's been for Grace Lyons. But more importantly, like, what a person. Is there a person associated with OU softball in the last 20 years that's easier to root for than Grace Lyons? Incredible person with an elite glove and a special bat. She's just consistent. You know what you're going to get from Grace. Game in, game out, you know what you're going to get. It's there every single game. You can always count on the captain. I really don't know what the nicest thing is that I could say about Grace because there's so many things I could say. But there's a case she's the best shortstop in program history. Maybe that's the nicest thing I can say. I, I don't know. It's saying a lot, obviously. But she's just special. You know, she really is. And she's someone that you just can't replace. You know, maybe you can't. Maybe you can replace her glove. Uh, maybe you can even replace some of those numbers at the plate. But I don't think you can replace her. You can't replace that leadership. You can't replace her example of what kind of greatness looks like. You know, she's what you strive to be. And for as many as great newcomers that this team has had over the past three to four years, like what a shining example that they've had uh, early in their career to see Grace Lyons and say, okay, well that's. That's what it's supposed to look like. You know, Grace is and has been the example of how to approach this game on a daily basis. So yeah, when we brag about young players having an early impact, let's give credit to the captain for showing the uh, blueprint to success. Can't wait to see what uh, Grace Lyons uh, does in her life after OU softball, but I'm sure it'll be something pretty amazing. She's got the blueprint.
And uh, speaking of the blueprint to, to success, this person had it from an early age. Unfortunately, the recording was a bit choppy in the beginning, so I had to come out, uh, cut out some of the interview. But there's plenty of good stuff here. Here's another fan favorite, Shea Knighton. The question that I just asked is, bases loaded, two outs, bottom of the seventh, OU down by one. A lot of people pick you, Shea Knighton, to be the player that they would most want at the plate. Who would you pick? Which former uh, current suitor would you pick in that spot to be at the plate? Oh, gee, okay. Um, honestly, I would have to say either Lauren or Jossie as well. But yeah. listen, Sydney Romero, mm -hmm. that girl is clutch too. So yeah. I, I would also throw Sid in there too. Yeah, I remember her stomping on home plate one time and got everyone <laughs> fired up. So, yeah, absolutely. Do, do you get to watch OU? I, I, you, I know you got a lot going on with your own team, um, but do you get to watch OU a lot this year? And if you have, what, what are some of your takeaways about this team? I've watched them a little bit, um, just kind of when I can if we're not playing. But from the highlights and the things that, the things that I have seen, like when we were in Palm Springs early in February, um, I was able to kind of watch their games because they played a little bit before us. And it's just cool to see how like gritty and strong, like legit strong they are. Um, and it almost is like nostalgic for me because I can see how close they are. I can see like their hard work coming out and showing for them. And it looks like they're not pressing. They're just mm -hmm. going out and playing softball and enjoying it and being fiery and just being true competitors. And, they're being what I say dogs. They're they're just going after it. And um it's so fun to watch them play. It's so fun to see the transfers in there now and seeing Starocco literally light it up in the circle. It's so cool to see her passion on the on the mound and her bond with Kinsey Hansen when they're on when they're a battery together is so fun to watch. Um Jordy Ball being Jordy Ball. Yeah. Um it's just really cool to watch them. And it's something that I that I thoroughly enjoy. And it's, it's, it's just something that I think coach Gasso does a really good job of allowing them to play like that and allowing them to play free and just have fun in this journey of softball and not really care about the outcome. It's all about, are you making your adjustments? Are you willing to do something for your teammates or are you trying to do it for yourself? And I think the more that you can do it for your teammates and not for yourself and do it for something and someone bigger than you, um, that's where you see their passion and stuff come out. So it's really cool to watch them play, and I'm excited to see what they do the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm curious how you feel kind of about the bigger picture of the pro program now. Like you said, I, it's it's cool that you get to see him in person earlier this year, but, you know, you win two national championships, and you elevate the program to one of the best, and I feel like since you've left, they've elevated it to the best, unquestioned best college softball program in the country. So how does it feel for you that you put your time in, you, you won two national championships, and now what's come after you is, I mean, Shay, I, I don't think there's much argument. They're the best softball program that's out there. So when you think of that, like, how does that make you feel as an alum? It's, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's something that I never thought that I would be a part of, honestly. Um, growing up, I was just like, I want to play softball. And I didn't really know what playing in college meant until I got to Oklahoma and what that looked like. And so as an alum, it's just so cool to continue to see the hard work that the coaching staff puts in to allow us as athletes to go in and put hard work in on the field as well. So um, just seeing how excited and happy and how bought in our alumni are 
to this team and to the teams that are that have been after us is just so cool. And um, to say that I am a part of the OU softball legacy is something that is so cool and so dear to my heart that I will I will always brag that I went to, to OU and that I played yeah. softball for Coach Gasso because she is a she's a one of a kind woman. She's someone that just puts her athletes before herself. She's she's like a mom, honestly, to us. And it's so cool. Um, it's so sweet. And it's just this program means so much to me. And I am excited to just see where they continue to go um, seasons to come and years to come. And whether Coach Gasso is at the helm of it or not, I know that the legacy and the foundation of OU softball will never change. So what was your biggest initial reason to to come to OU? Um, I mean, California, you had offers from Cal, you had offers from UCLA, I believe. Of course, Washington had it going when you were in high school, and then Nebraska as well. Um, did Patty being from the West Coast, was that a big, like, what was just your big reason to, to come to OU? Honestly, my dream school was go to Cal. Yeah. <laughs> and then I took a visit to Oklahoma right before I went to Cal, like maybe like a couple of weeks before I went to Cal. And just something about being there felt like home. I didn't know what it is or what it was. And to this day, I still can't really finger point what it was, but it felt like home. And so there was no doubt in my mind that I wanted to play for OU and play for Coach Gasso. And then to kind of look back and see how many people came from the West Coast, how many athletes I actually played with or against or kind of knew about came from the West Coast. And um, a lot of them still there. Um, Kaylani Ricketts, Lauren Chamberlain, yeah. Destiny Martinez, um, Sid was still there for a little bit after we graduated. And so it's just, it was just something that I felt like in my heart that I had to go to OU and I didn't know what the future was going to hold. I didn't know what my four years were going to look like, but I just, I just trusted my gut. Um, and people were like, Shay, are you sure you want to go to Oklahoma? And I was like, yes, I'm 100% positive. Like people were like, what you wanted to go to Cal? I was like, I know. And it's just one of those things, like when you know, you know, and it might sound cliche, but I knew. And it was just something that I couldn't wait to call Coach Gasso until like, I want, I want to commit to your program. I want to commit to you. Um, and my parents were like, just slow down, wait. And I was like, no, I don't want to wait. But I still had to go to my visit to Cal and I enjoyed my visit at Cal and I loved the coaches, but just something about Oklahoma kept drawing me back. And so um, I finally committed and like I said earlier, like to this day, I still call Oklahoma home. And if I could go back, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully you get back here someday. I know a lot of people <laughs> would love that. Um, my last question is probably my most difficult question. And that's good because you've had so many great memories. But if you had to pick out the best memory while you were at OU, wh wh which one is it? Oh, um. Oh, geez. This is another one of those questions that I could throw out to our listeners and I'd get about eight or 10 different responses <laughs> here. So I'm curious as to which one you would pick. Um, I think, honestly, I think it would have to be my senior year. I'm hitting a home run against UCLA. Like UCLA had so many people on the team that I played with mm -hmm. or against growing up. Like we were, we were literally all the same age or maybe a year apart. Um, so it was kind of like the battle of the West coast kids. Cause there were so many of us in Oklahoma and so many at UCLA. Um, but I think it was just 
the moment of the home run, it wasn't the fact that I hit a home run. It was like the emotion behind it because one, it was, it, at the time I didn't know, obviously like the game wasn't over, but I didn't know that that would be my last at bat at OU at Oklahoma city. Mm-hmm. Um, but the year before at the world series, like the day before the world series started, I had lost my grandma. And so this, my senior year world series was like, I'm playing once again for someone and something bigger than myself. And I just wanted this feeling of making my grandma proud. And so, wow, I'm getting emotional, but hitting that home run and just knowing that I did it for my family um, and that I was doing it for people that I love. Um, and then coming home and seeing my teammates so happy and so excited and just like their emotion behind it. Um, they don't know, but like when I, when I got to them, it was like a sigh of relief. Like, wow, like I can finally pass the bat to the next person, to the next class and hope that they feel what I felt of just happiness excitement and just overall like enjoyment and love for this game and for my team and for the fans of OU. Um, And I remember stepping on home plate and Cindy Romero was right in front of me. She was the first one to home plate. And I remember like almost like collapsing into her arms and crying because I just felt like I felt relief. I felt like, like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders of like, she's okay. Now my grandma's okay. She she's excited. She's with me. And like hugging Sid was like hugging my grandma in a sense of like, it's okay. You did it. And I'm, I'm proud of you and I'm excited for you. And so just, I think that moment was probably my biggest and most happiest moment um, outside of them all. Like they're all cool. I've had so many moments, but I think that one, like there's so much more meaning behind it rather than um, winning a game or winning a championship. So, yeah. A, a quick follow-up to that. Um, I mean, you just mentioned how much Patty means to you. She's like a, a mom to the team. Is there a feeling as a player while you're there that she invests so much in you and so much in the team and she is so much out for your best interest that there's a feeling that you don't want to let her down? Like it, it, if that <laughs> makes sense, is, is there that feeling? Oh yeah. 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 Um, she's just, she's so invested in us um she doesn't sleep much i don't know if people know that like she she doesn't sleep much but she you would never know she's always doing something for others and so i think for me and not just for me but for all of us that have gone through ou and played for her it's like you want to make her proud and you want to be able to hang up your cleats and be like coach gasso thank you Thank you for pushing me. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to play the game and to simply keep learning and growing and finally graduate as a grown woman and know what I want and be able to speak up for myself and advocate for myself. And that's something that she she did a lot for us. And she still does to this day of advocating for our athletes. And she knows what we need and she knows what we deserve. Um, and she she doesn't stop until we get those things. And so... Um, that's something that I've taken into my own life now, not even just in coaching, just personally of like, you deserve better. And what are you going to do to advocate for yourself? Um, and that's something that I want to give to my athletes of advocate for yourself, speak up. And if you don't know how to say it, ask me and I'll help you do it because that's something that coach Gasso did for me. Um, so there's always this, this feeling of trying to make her proud and, like in the back of my mind, I think that I'm still trying to make her proud as a coach 
of you taught me well and I'm out here and I'm learning and I'm still growing, but you taught me well. And there's things that I fall back on that she did for me as a coach when I was an athlete for her, um, that I'm like, yeah, I did it. And I'm going to keep doing it. Um, because I want to change the tide. Like she changed it for me. So that is, that's incredible. Two time national champ, Shay Knight. And Shay, thank you so much for doing this. And just know that you're always going to be a fan favorite around here. If you stay out on the West coast, your entire career, whatever, you'll always be a fan favorite. So, so thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Incredible. Um, that was, that was awesome. I really appreciate Shay for doing that. And I'll be honest with y'all. There's, there's some interviews I get a little nervous for, (laughs) Uh, that was one of them. Shay is uh, OU softball royalty. I, I respect her so much. And yeah, I got a little bit nervous before that interview. Got to say, she was great. I had to cut out like the first 10 minutes. Uh, but she talked about coaching at San Diego and how she's out there with her sister, which is really cool. She wouldn't really uh, coach out there without her sister. So maybe Shay makes it back uh, to this part of the country at some point. Regardless, she'll be successful in the softball world. But I, I really, really appreciate Shay Knighton for catching us up. And uh, if you um, if you want to listen to the entire interview, again, the first like 10 minutes or so, very, very choppy. There's like some static in the background. I don't know why. But you can go check out the video interview of that on YouTube. Just search The Ref Sports Radio Network. Again, that's The Ref Sports Radio Network. And that should be uh, one of the videos that pop up. If, if you don't see it on our homepage, go to the live uh, live uh, tab that's there. Uh, we aired that one live. Uh, the Ref Sports Radio Network. You can see the entirety of that interview with Shay Knighton. All right, Cavens Group. Want to tell you about uh, our title sponsor of the podcast. What do we say all the time? I think I even got a tweet about it this week from Shy, which I hope Shy's doing okay. Looks like she had a little uh, nasty car wreck. So if you know her on social media, send her best wishes. And uh, Shy, I, I I hope you're doing well and uh, ready to watch the softball this weekend. But Shy texted and said, five to a player, Cavens Group, just like T.R.A. Jennings, just like Jada Coleman, and that's exactly right. If you have an emergency repair, say it all the time, if you have an emergency repair, 405-573-3048, give them a call. It doesn't matter if you're not in Oklahoma. If you're in the North Texas area, Arkansas, Kansas, uh, Cavens can help you out. Cavensgroup.com for everything that they can provide for you. Uh, they're awesome. Gary and the team do fantastic work. Big supporter of this podcast, big supporter of OU Softball. Go support them as well. Cavensgroup.com. Number one OU Softball opening it up uh, against KU, and I'm releasing this Friday afternoon. I was trying to get this as close to game time as possible just in case. Um, KU started to uh, talk smack, you know, kind of like uh, Baylor and Texas tried to do earlier this year. I, I feel like uh, I'm about two hours away from game time right now as I'm uh, speaking right now. So uh, I, I feel like it's safe to go ahead and release this. I don't think Kansas is going to say anything. I don't know what they would say. What are they going to say? Oh, we're going to make this our senior weekend, something like that. No, I I doubt that that's going to be the case. I think KU knows their role here, all right? Come in, try to compete, not get run-ruled. But it's all about OU this weekend as they shoot for another Big 12 championship. Friday at 1 p.m., got to move that up because of inclement weather. Uh, Friday night in Norman, and then you've got uh, 2 o'clock on Saturday, 1 o'clock on Sunday. And again, we're honoring Grace Green, Haley Lee, Grace Lyons, Alex Storacco, and the honoring of those four seniors will happen following the conclusion of 
of Sunday's game, which is going to be uh, it's going to be really cool and maybe a little bit emotional. So you you got a chance to honor your four seniors and have a Big Twelve championship along with it as well, which is uh, which is pretty awesome. So hat tip to those four seniors; they've done an incredible job. And hey, maybe the best is yet to come. Maybe they win a national championship when uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, but here we go, number one OU trying to extend that winning streak once again. We'll see if they can do it. Um, my prediction, I think OU's probably going to sweep all three games. I'll say that they run rule in two of those three games, and we'll see if Kansas can score more runs than OU has wins. Three out of the four series, told you this on Sunday, three out of four uh, OU's Big 12 series, the opposing team has failed to score more runs than the amount of wins OU got over the weekend. I won't be shocked if that's four out of five. I won't be shocked if KU only scores like one or two runs and OU has uh, three wins over the weekend. So I just, I, I think OU is going to fare quite nicely. And I think all of you fans going to the game on Sunday, probably going to see a uh, Big 12 championship trophy, which is going to be really cool. Does take some of the interest away from Bedlam, at least nationally, but I still think that's going to be a fun series. Uh, coming up uh, next weekend. So enjoy the softball. We'll talk to you on Sunday with a little bit of a recap with all the action. Keep those comments and questions coming on Twitter at Tyler underscore McComish. Just sliding those DMs. They are open all the time. And appreciate uh, all of you that hit me up throughout the uh, throughout the week and throughout the weekend with all your questions and comments. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun for sure. We'll talk to you on Sunday right here on the Diamond Envy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComish.